the Hellion. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's how you kick off a show. Welcome back. Another episode of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. Uh, business. Uh, BigTalkCG.podcast on Instagram. BigTalkCG at gmail.com. At BigTalkCG on Twitter. Episode two of our uh, Judas Priest series. All right, right dude. Heck yeah. Doing those man. five albums. We already did a British Steel and uh, Point of Entry. Yes. Today we're going to do Defenders of the Faith. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Screaming for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, and Turbo. Turbo. Say it with some pride in your voice. Well, Turbo. I love it. I love them all and different albums. Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of different things going on there. Um, right off the bat there, we you know, we heard a little instrumental intro Yep. from... Uh, uh, screaming for vengeance. Correct. Album I got on some vinyl, and uh, I love it, dude. Any, it, anything it, you want to say about this album? One of my favorites. One of my favorites by them. Oh, okay. They definitely came back with a heavy metal sound. You know, they kind of had the mellower sound in in the point of entry, and uh, screaming for vengeance. They did. They came back with a vengeance, really. Yeah, this is their eighth studio album, um, you know, released July 17th, 1982. And um, I think this album was, is their best-selling album of all time, right, Chris? I think you might be correct in that, Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> to, my, to my understanding, you know, this album went double platinum. Yes. I mean, to be honest, if you were Allegedly. Thought, allegedly. I think it's already like four or five million, not just... You know, double platinum here in the U.S. Yeah, with the amount of people that know the songs on this yeah. album, you'd think. I heard it's, yeah. it's platinum in Canada, eh? Oh, let me check. Let me check my factoidals. Um, do, 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 do. Maybe or maybe not. You know, maybe we'll get that to that later. All right. About those factoids. Um, right off the bat, we heard the Hellion instrumental. But let's go back a little bit. All right. Um, released. July 17th, 1982. But you know what? It was recorded early in 82. July, between July and May. So, you know, they just had a little something, something to do in between and, uh, you know, released this album. And uh, one of their better ones, actually, from the era, if you ask me, um, I, I really like Screaming for Vengeance. Oh, yeah. So this is a great album, dude. A great album. Uh, no, no. Anything else you want to add to it? Yeah, I do totally. This is the first album with uh, done. Um, the cover was done by Doug Johnson, who also did the next uh, few albums, um, Defenders of the Faith and also Turbo, on mm. this. You know, okay. different look. Is that it? Um, no, but yeah, this album. <laughs> you were way gung ho. You're like, yeah, I got a bunch of shit to say. And the album cover was. Are you let me talk? Or are you gonna mm -hmm. talk over me? All right. This also was recorded, like as Chris said, in January and May. Um, it was recorded in Ibiza Sound uh, from Spain and also uh, BJ Studios in Orlando, Florida. So it was done mm. in two different areas. They like to do the Orlando thing. They've done that a couple of times after this. I yeah, this I think so. the first time, and then they went back there a couple of times. They like that tropical paradise. Who doesn't? Correct. Who um, wouldn't, man? Let's go ahead and start. Let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. We already, already listened to a bit of the Hellion. Correct. Let's go straight into Electric Eye. All right. Whoa. Um, from my understanding, KK Downing was saying that this uh, this song was uh, the Electric Eye, but it was about satellites in the sky looking at people. That's what they referred to. Yeah, the when you eye. listen to the lyrics of this song, it makes perfect sense when you say that. For yeah. sure. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> this is a rocking song, man. Totally like good. Like how they changed up like the vocals. They probably put some effect on it. Yeah. Right there was a little... You know, this wasn't released as a single, but man, it had a lot of airplay here in the States that did this. I was definitely surprised when I was doing some homework that it was not a single. And I was like, damn. But still a good song. Still yeah. a killer song. And... Live. Every once in a while, they throw this into the rotation. Yeah. I wish they would throw it in a little more often. 
uh, in my opinion, one of their best, if not their best song opener songs. Right. I love this song. Yeah. Shows their versatility, shows uh, Halver's versatility as a vocalist. It's great. Great. Totally you killer, got, man. I love the, it. You got the great uh, you know, guitar leads and little speed, and I love it. And then you got that rhythm section, bringing, the, bringing it all home, man. This is definitely home run type of song, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. All right. Let's go. Definitely one of the, the funner tracks from this album. Is it Ride the Wind? Riding on the wind. Totally. See, I mean, here you go, you know, Priest doing, you know, driving songs or, you know, what they've done in make you feel that you're behind a motorcycle or, they may be the you know, behind a on the highway band. Band, right? Yeah. Man, they, Rob they, Halford's in for rare form right here, dude. He's they talk really about, yeah. Speed, wind, hair blowing in your hair, either driving or, or doing something with a vehicle. Totally fun, totally good. You know, when I went through and I was doing my, uh, you know, re-listening to all these albums, and even though I didn't recognize the name, I was like, riding on the wind. I don't know if it, and then you hear it, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. It like really comes back to you really fast. So. I like it that the guys, like you said, totally uh, did a step up on this album from their last album to this. Oh, yeah. Like, they just got juiced up or, or you know, they wanted to co- go a different Oh, yeah. They, had, that British, they, had, sound, the, they had the British Steel album, which was straight heavy metal. And then, you know, they mellowed it out a little bit on uh, uh, Point of Entry. And then this uh-huh. one, they just, I think the title, the perfect title, they're screaming for vengeance. They're coming back saying, hey, we are the premier heavy metal band in the world. Right. And we're coming back for vengeance, and you know what? We're gonna scream for it. And man, this album, head to toe, is just—I mean, you, look at that little drop bomb right there. A little from KK doing that, man. Heck yeah! Love it, love it, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah, totally, man. Um, let's move on. All right, ready to go? Yes. Bloodstone, love this song, man. It's yeah. It, from it's, the from the speed, now you're going yeah, to heavy. A little like change of pace. A little yeah. change of pace. What you need? Of course, all these uh, uh, songs were written by Glenn Tipton, Rob Halford, and KK Downing. Um, most of their songs, are, those are the three that yeah, really that's the, were the trio. That's right. just yeah. you know. Now See, we're getting a little really a little like, heavy uh, sound. Uh, like a little groove. It's not so much about speed. It's just a good sounding groove. Yeah. Uh, love it, man. I just yeah, totally good, man. It. No, uh, no special. You know, you know. A lot of times we look at these like, like you got me on the one time with the Bon Jovi. I think it was. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. Um, no special performers. No special. You know. Background vocals or instruments here, you know, it's just straight up. And, uh, but do you think Priest needed it at the time? Like, you know, they're, they're just these so. musicians are so good. Yeah. Do you need special buddies unless you're partying? Hey, man, you know, let me hear you scream and say, you know, Bloodstone. No, I'm cool, man. No. Well, when I make my album, I'll let you do a little background on it, and I'm gonna put your name in the liner notes. Okay, sounds good, man. Is the only person gonna be listening to it is me? Yeah, maybe right. one copy. Yeah. One CD. I'm going to put it out on cassette. <laughs> You're going to get a cassette. There you go. I'm going to get the cassette version. Yeah. All right, dude. Sounds good. Full liner notes. All right. Handwritten. It was you. <laughs> That's all it's going to say. I, I really like this song. It's chugs along to really change the pace. Um, showcases, you know, Rob Halford's voice. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Totally good. Especially totally. the chorus. Yeah. Right here. Totally fun rock song, man. Love it. Let's go. Take these chains. A little slower thing. Yeah. It's no ballad. It kind of starts off that way. Yeah. You know? 
little, he's got a little, uh, you know, drops his vocals down a little. I don't even, I don't even know what the verbiage is. A couple octaves, a couple, you know, tones it down a little. He's got a little bass in his voice, and uh, really sounds good, actually. And uh, definitely, I, in my opinion, it's got to do with a woman. Right? Okay, yeah, definitely that type of no maybe thought. maybe yeah all right um wasn't there a writer on this album that helped out priest uh, on this bob halligan yeah. junior yep just that one song just that one song which he also does on the next album he also yeah. helps out too maybe he's a close friend maybe he lives in florida i don't know maybe no yeah, this dong this song this dong <laughs> this dong <laughs> this song <laughs> Definitely has a little bit different sound to it than the, than the previous four. Right? That's a little, a, a little smoother, a little less intense. I would say, you know, smoother around the edges. It's not as sharp. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way, in a good way. You know, just different. Love it. Do you know this song was also uh, a single from this album? I did not. Yeah, this was actually the second single from this album. They should have had, you know, two or three or four from this album. But yeah, they probably, you I know, mean, just maybe like they, we... Go ahead. The, I was going to say, maybe the record companies weren't really looking to release singles. Like, hey, you know what, we we'll just get a little bit of airplay, but the majority crowd will, you know, follow them on tour and just buy the albums and stuff. You know, they could have yeah. done the same thing on the old previous album, Point of Entry, too. I think they could have yeah. released a lot of those. And this is... A lot of songs on here they could release this yeah. Let's go ahead. Alright. Pain and pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. 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 Pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure. Little groove move right here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, British Steel was uh, really a straight-ahead, just heavy metal, boom in your face. Um, point of entry, kind of put a little groove in it. And this one is really giving you a uh, a really good mix and sh- really combining those two albums plus a little new twist on it and really gives you all of the aspects that the band can play, all of their writing, all the vocals, all the different tempos and shit they can do on these on But, albums you know, like, you, like we talked about before, Chris, though, this is the third time they're with Tom, right, their producer. They must have got a groove or got a feeling that, you know, this is what they like or this is what they want to continue with. Yeah. Sounds great. You know, you get a game plan together. That's obviously what it was. work for them, dude. It's, yeah. Obviously, I, you know, obviously, these albums are amazing. So after all this, the album was like 38 minutes and change. That's pretty fast, man, on on doing something like that, which is still... It is. Exactly. 38 minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah. 10 songs. Yeah, definitely. This is one of those weird ones where... Yeah, on the record there were six songs on the first side because the last four were a little bit longer. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's All flip right. it. Let's flip the record. Whoa. My favorite. Yeah, dude. definitely. There you go. Start off with Halford screaming. Start some chugga 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 chugga. They're jamming, dude. Love this. Track seven, Screaming for Vengeance, the title track. Love this. Uh, love this. This is really... I mean, I love the Hellion. I love Electric Eye. I get what was going on there. If those th- two things did not exist, this would have been a great opening track with that scream at the beginning. But I get it. Open up side B. We have a good... I mean, the Hellion Electric Eye are superior for opening songs. Yes. So this is a great way to open side B, but... I agree with you on that, Love man. it. Totally agree with you on that one. Love this song. You know, this album was very iconic for them, where there are many songs, or there are a few songs that ended up on um, computer games, or games, you know, like oh, yeah. Nintendo, and Guitar Hero was one of them, Rock Band, um... 
a game called Brutal Legend, uh, where Rob Halford himself um, lent his vo- voice to one of the villains. Um, I think the name of the villain was General Lion White. You know, so I thought it'd be Hob Ralford. <laughs> I even think there was a. Uh, I think it was uh, you got another thing coming. It is on Grand Theft Auto Two, and then there's Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories. And also, do you remember that one, the crazy one where the um, the cars are driving? It's called Twisted Metal. Where like, is that in the big old arena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that. They yeah. also have a, a song or a nod in that, man. So. This album has been, you know, still going on through many different medias, you know, and computer hey, games hey. are just that, man. Righteously so, man. Yeah, this dude. This song is killer. Killer. Yeah. And I love it because we, I think we had talked about in the previous episode about how on some of these streaming services they separate the solos. Mm-hmm. So coming up here, I see it's like, this is KK. Yeah. KK down here. Here's Glenn. Yeah. Both of them. That twin is just that heat. Yeah, dude. That magic is there on yeah. this, dude. It just shows how individualistic they could be, but they could also play together and just yeah. really hit it. I just wanted to, uh, you got you guys listen to that quick. You want to hear a little bit of solo? Yeah, that was cool, definitely. Dude. And, you know, let you guys show the twin guitars. Let's go to the next song. What's the next one? Oh. You know, Chris, sometimes you, know, you, know, I'm, you got I, another thing coming. I got to say, I think I inadvertently said that, it, um, what song was it? Uh... Living After Midnight was the song that was playing on Heavy Metal Parking Lot, but it was actually this one. Yeah. I made a mistake, and I will be the first one to admit it. Thank you for admitting it, Chris. Uh, 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 uh. That's a great song right here, dude. This is um, this is the big hit from this album, This is the, the big hit, um, quote-unquote, I'm air quoting. Um, when I go back and look at my favorite website, Music Charts Archive, oh. it hit number 67 was its high point for two weeks. But you know what, man? Metal has never been the high charting music. It's never been the never, one. Never, dude. Um, that's a high charting music for them. Yeah. Because, you know. That's great, man. They're not. I mean, what year was this? Uh, 82? What was that? What was that during them? Blondie, um, probably Bowie, and. I don't know. Uh, a lot know. of new wave stuff. A lot of new wave. And it just, you know, this wasn't what people were listening to. So you hit that 67. That's a, that's pretty good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, nothing. If you're looking for number one, you'll be disappointed Not here. A lot. Not on Priest, man. Hey, man. Priest is number one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Love it. Let's, let's listen for a second. That's air guitar, man. Here we go. Chris has got another thing coming. That's great. That's good stuff. Awesome. Let's move on. All right. Track nine. Fever. Okay, cool. Fever. A little different. Yeah. I think the longest song on the album. Uh, You are correct. 520. 520. Probably all the solos. And And I love this, dude. Listening to it on the headphones, you get the back and forth of the guitar. It's just going back and forth from ear to ear. You hear that? Yeah. And you should be hearing it too, Nation. Oh, yeah, Nation. (laughs) Put on those headphones. Listen to our voices. See, this is not normal for priest kind of stuff. No, it isn't. But they do have a few jams like this. I mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'm, you know, I love metal. I love ballads. I just love good songs. Yeah, another this is a great song, know, man. This is a good, good deep cut. Exactly. Good. See, there you go. here it comes in. Now you're 
Bringing the heaviness in. The guitar tone is just piercing. It really is. Yeah, they got a good sound. Not they got as a good much thing. as like Rat. I mean, we did those episodes on Rat, and it's different. It's it's shaved down a little bit, but it's still like very prominent in their music, right? All right. You fill me with desire. Let's go. <laughs> Last song. All right. Devil's Child. This is a jam. Yeah, this right. Is a, this, this is, is a great yeah. closer for this album. Um, <laughs> I love it. Really, you know, you just look on face value, which most people did. Oh, I knew it. These satanic people, but this is oh, actually okay. nothing to do. Not even talking about them. It's talking about someone else. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> And, you know, that's usually the PMRC, which if you want to go back and listen to our couple episodes, we I think it was in the teens, like, uh, you know, 13, 14 or so. We did those two episodes on music censorship. and uh, Which is one of my favorite episodes that yeah, we've done, Those man. two those episodes are really very good. Very proud of those yeah. good funness ranting that we did, man. That was a good one. Because, you know, uh, that subject is going to come up again in the next few uh, albums, Chris. I've been called this. A Devil's Child? Yeah. By a friend of ours. And that's no malarkey. <laughs> All right. He's definitely got a little in his voice right there, dude. I love it. A little change. Yeah, man. He's a lot of times he's screeching. A lot of times, you know, he's low. And now he's giving a little something else. Yeah. Um... Let's play uh, this one bonus track, because you know we last last episode we played two bonus tracks. Let's play one bonus track, uh, "Prisoner of Your Eyes," which were from the Turbo Sessions. Okay. Which is an album we're gonna play later in this episode, but you know we it was kind of fun like listening to the bonus tracks and like, oh, this sounds like it could be from this album, and this one is not. You know, you kind of you can kind of hear it and. Listen to to what was being done, and uh, this one's all right. This one this one could have been on this album, I think. Okay. It sounds like keyboards. There was something on that from Turbo, dude. Turbo, yeah. they were getting you know the, the guitar synth effects. They were doing all these other things, you know. Probably had a smoking machine. <laughs> Once you get a smoke machine going in your show, dude, it's a smoking fog machine. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's like a line you cannot go back from. <laughs> I think Turbo, they got the smoke machine. All right. All right. All right. I like this one. There is a lot of synthesizer on that. All right. Let's talk about the next album. Yes, Defenders of the Faith. Faith. Lovely, lovely album cover. Yeah. Same guy that Still did uh, Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah, I Doug Johnson. It. Yeah. Has that like tubey kind of uh, you know uh, artwork? Okay, really looks great. Um, Totally. I'm going to go ahead and start off here with the first song right here. Yeah, bring it to me. Free Will Burning. Yes. This is Jam. Released January 13th, 1984. Recorded between September and November 1983. So this is the first time they've taken a few, uh, an extra year off, right? Because yeah, they the were, doing, they were like doing some back-to-back tour and tour record, tour record, tour record. This one, this is like they released in '84. Their last album was '82, so they took a, they did an extensive tour for Screaming. Yeah, and then you know went into uh, was the same thing. They went back to Spain, right, and recorded out there. Nice. Let me uh, just go back for one second. Okay. Um, on Screaming for Vengeance, you got another thing coming. Peaked. 
At number 67 on the Billboard, 66 in UK, 4 on the Rock Charts. Take These Chains did not chart, and Electric Eye, number 38 on the US Rock Charts. That's it. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, cool. We got some uh, singles here that did uh, get released from the Defenders of the Faith album, and this all was right. one of them. This was uh, track number one on the releases with a B side of Breaking the Law Live. Charted in the UK at number 42. This is a killer song, man. I don't yeah. know how they're looking at it. You know, same thing. It, it just sounds like it's about motorcycles. You know, sometimes I feel like it's a continuation. Driving. It's almost like screaming. Right it's its own thing, but it's almost, it's like, they did Screaming for Vengeance. They did um, uh, Defenders of the Faith. They really, I'm not saying they sound the same. They just have a similar vibe to them for me. Yeah, I've heard critics say that it, it's this is also Screaming for Vengeance 2. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't really believe it because of the yeah, songs I don't, I don't, and the writing and I what, don't they, think what they've done. I'm just saying that, you know, they were it's, it's same frame of mind. Yeah, maybe same it's frame of same mind. same style, but it wasn't like they carried over. I know what you're saying and what they're saying and what I mean, and you know what I mean and what I'm saying. Um, it just has that same feel. I think they have a formula that, that they like, and they kind of go with it. Of course, also, Glenn, KK, and Rob are, are the main singers, but that's they've been doing that through the whole, you know, Priest catalog. So yeah. I change it. I mean, you know, they're either Glenn's done a song by himself, KK's doing a song by himself, and, you know, when they get all three, the magic's there, dude. And to start off this album with a killer song about motorcycles and hell raising and, you know, burning up the road, this is killer. You ready to move? I'm ready to move, Let's baby. Go. Moving on. Jawbreaker. Fun. Killer riff right yeah, there. Kill. Kill. I like it when they do that. You know, they, they have, you know, the the what? Really, really a minimal amount of music underneath it. And Rob Halper's just singing over. Yeah, right. They do that a lot in their music. That slow build up, and it's basically like guitar and Halper just singing, and it's just amazing. It's great. I love it. You know, this was uh, in '84. Priest, you know, decided to do, you know, um, tour across Europe, North America, and Japan, you know, and and it it looks like they almost played every song on this album live, you know, with an exception for, you know, Eat Me Alive, but other than that, man, they just cranked out this tour, played all the new music they could, dude. This is awesome. Ready to go? Yeah, dude, this is going to Track three. Rock hard. Ride free. There's that There's that word again. Like, you know, you're thinking ride, you know, burning, um, driving, you know, heading. Like, dude, these guys are just making me want to drive somewhere or, or, you know, get my vehicle in. I'd call you an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come in over, Chris. I'm a, <laughs> hey, man, can you play some Judas Priest for me? He'd be like, who? <laughs> Bro, who? Uh, <laughs> the priest breaking the law. <laughs> I already break the law. <laughs> Just being here. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, little twin guitar there to open up the track. Right? Never go wrong with that. Uh, uh I don't even know what to say, dude. It's great. It's so great. Uh, this song um, was originally called uh, Fight for Your Life that they started, I want to say, in Point of Entry, and they kind of reworked it for this album. So they, I think they had the riffs, and they kind of redid it, reworked it, and made a new song out of it, which is called Now Rock Hard and Ride Free. There you go. Ride Free. Some, something like, you know, uh, arena, arena ready rock. Man. These guys it, yeah. are ready. It, Judas Priest, really, when they were hitting their stride, they were a very, pretty much a cross between heavy metal and arena rock. 
and they had the riffs, the vocals, the songwriting to be on that heavy metal side, but they conversely had the songwriting, the the riffs and the vocals to be that arena rock and. Uh, Man, you want to pump your fist. I mean, every time we've seen them, it's just like, this yeah. Is, this, this band, or a lot of these songs on this album are shout-along courses. Oh, yeah. You know, for live listening pleasure. Awesome stuff, dude. There you go. Listen Great. right here. Love it. The Sentinel. Yeah. These riffs these guys do, man, are just so awesome, dude. They just sit around riffing all day. Probably. On the bus, in castles, in the UK. In castles. I love <laughs> it. They're doing it in buses. Castles. castles. <laughs> Along stream There's no in between. It's either on a bus or a castle. Those are the only <laughs> two places they're riffing. That's it. Yeah. You know, more of these songs on this album were like four to five minutes. Yeah, where that's the, a long the, tracks here. The uh, previous album, they were more three to four minutes types of that. So they either did some extra riffing or they did, uh, Halford had another verse to sing about. Mm-hmm. But this is awesome. Love it, love it. Cool. Like I said, dude, that uh, four songs on the first half. Yeah. You know, another six on the second. Let's go ahead and go to side. Right. Love Bites. This is such a fun song, man. Yeah. Uh, a lot different than what these guys are used to, but here comes the heavy riffs, and his vocals are absolutely killer. Hold on. It's coming. Yeah, love bites. Love bites. You know, Judas Priest is not known for having the word love in their song titles. Love bites. This is such a sexual song. What? Now that I'm really listening to the words, I'm like, mm. <laughs> love bites. <laughs> Oh, talking about sexual, what about the next song coming up? <laughs> yeah, there you, you want to go to it? <laughs> Let's go to it. <laughs> Whoops, I apologize. All right, here we go, here we go. Sorry. All right. Eat me alive. Eat me alive. Was this on the Filthy 15? This song was on the Filthy 15. If you 15. go back to our uh, PMRC Music Censorship episodes, part one and two, we talk about this song. Yeah, that came from that. Stupid ass Tipper Gore, dude. He said they were saying that this song was um, sexual in the sense of uh, someone giving oral pleasure with a gun in their. Next uh, to their head, like. Yeah, next to the head. There you go. Forcible oral sex. Correct. Um, I I don't hear it, but you know, maybe it is. Maybe I have a filthy mind. I don't think you do. I think they do. Yeah. Damn Tip- Tipper Gore. <laughs> Damn Tipper Gore. Hey, it helped himself a lot of albums, man. Yeah. This, this album, to my belief, Chris went platinum, which is good. You Absolutely know. Absolutely, it did. It went platinum. Absolutely. Over a million copies. Yeah. None in Canada, UK. We we haven't even looked at those um, guys. Japan, it went gold. Yeah, Canada, it went uh, platinum. Um, we'll go to the next song here. Okay. 
Some Another, heads are gonna roll. Heads Let me go roll. through some factoids here, quick. Okay. Um, Canada. I'll give you peak positions. Country and then peak. Canada, 17. Dutch charts, 27. Germany, 21. Japan, 18. Norway, 17. Sweden, two. They love their priests in Sweden. Right. Uh, Switzerland, 12. UK, 19. US, 18. There we go. They broke that top 20. Um, yeah. Uh, Screaming for Vengeance, which we didn't talk about. Oh, okay. Screaming for Vengeance also was in the top 20. It hit 17, so actually one spot higher. So they definitely were hitting their stride. This is a follow-up to their... St- to the you know the album at that point had definitely charted the highest so good for them you know letting that metal you know flow through the veins of yeah. America. This was this song was the second single from this album, um, and then before that, "Love Bites" was the third single from this album. That is correct. So the three uh, some heads are gonna roll, and on the B side was the Green Man Alishi live, live, and then "Love Bites" was track uh, their third single with Jawbreaker uh, as the B-side. Um, some heads are gonna roll, hit 42 on the rock charts. It didn't go on the billboard, and uh, about all that. That's cool, yeah. yeah, no problem. I mean, we're fine with that. Definitely fine. You, you know, you know, we're not looking for, you know, number one records and number one hits. If they come, they come. You're really looking, you know, a lot of these bands, you know, they're, they're still touring. Um, I don't think any of these guys, besides playing in a band, have ever done anything else as far as a job in their life. So I think they're good with, oh, 67? Perfect. <laughs> love it higher, but you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. 17, yeah. love it. Now, this song was also written, co-written by uh, Bob Halligan, right? Yep. All right. Junior. 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 <laughs> cool, man. All right. Let's go. All right. Yeah, dude, little bringing it down. down. Yeah, dude. They, they did a lot. I like how they, you know, they don't come out and just try to shred your face off every time. You know, they're going to do a little change of pace within songs, between songs, different songs. Gives you that variety. I love it. Yeah, definitely. See, nice and slow. Bass and drum coming in. Yeah, the bass sounds good right there. That bass. Yeah. No, that was nice right there. Little guitar lick. Do you ever put on or put on music? You know, now that we got the, you know, digital audio, just put your headphones on, just lay down in bed, like at the end of your day. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. Like listen to like the intricacies, like. I'm going to put on this album I love, but I'm going to listen to this. I usually get a lot of that when I like exercising, when I go for my walks or or just have time to veg. When you do what? Exercising and I go for a walk. I like to see the sunset. I like to get up early and watch the sunrise. What's the problem? What's the problem? What's going I, on? I just want to make sure I heard you right. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, doing the research this album, there was a couple times... Uh, my hours have been a little wonky at work, so you know I, I've been taking some extra naps. Man, I'll put these albums on, man, and, and I'll just lay there, and it's it's almost therapeutic. It really is because I don't sit there and go, "I'm gonna listen to you know British Steel," and you wouldn't take it. It's like, no, I'm gonna listen to. I'm gonna find that bass in the back or that drum, and I try to focus on that one little part of the song and when you do that it makes the song when you listen to it back in so much more enjoyable I'm, I know I'm it just, might sound cheesy you're <laughs> laughing you're like oh my god dude and I'm telling you dude I'm, like <laughs> you pick you you get deep under the layers and you start listening to all these individual things about the music yeah it makes it so much better I'm just I'm just you know this song is just one of those things that it's, it's, it's yes it's heavy but it's not super cheesy it, it just you know relaxing or nice calm would be awesome on that man let's go heavy right. duty track nine yeah this just 
the thought of it being hit, like the heavy name of the uh, song, Heavy Duty. So you think it's gonna be hit. Heavy Duty, man. This is a short little one, two and a half minutes. Yeah. They get in, they get out, they rip you apart. There you go. Oh yeah, his voice is just all throaty and grimy. I love it. Right. Nice. Heavy duty. Let's go. Let's right. move. Of course, that song just rolls right into Defenders of the Faith kind of a thing, and uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little that's, last song. That's... It's not like some buildup. It's like really just a continuation of uh, Heavy Duty and just goes right into this chorus E part. Yeah. Minute and a half or so. Which is unlike them. This isn't something uh, that they've normally done before, so... Good for them but to when you try listen to them together and you get that transition, yeah. it's a little better than what we did, I guess. Uh, I love it. You're right. You want to listen to the bonus? Sure. Turn on your light. Recorded during the Turbo Sessions. Was the next album we're going to talk about? Yeah. This, you know, to me, honestly, Chris, this is a beautiful song, dude. Oh, yeah. It, it just makes me just. Want to lay in the desert and veg. You want to go lay in the desert? Of course. Watch some stars. Be with one of the earth. Take some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look to the left, look to the right. Eat whatever's there. <laughs> Eat whatever's there. You know? Which says turn on the light, you know, that you know, have a, maybe a candle next to you. I really do like it when bands, you know, of the, you know, Judas Priest, the heavier bands, when they break it down like this in acoustic. I like it. This almost sounds, especially with someone this like Rob a Halford, inspirational. With, with his vocals, with dude, you can't go wrong, dude. No. I, I'm almost inspired by this song. Dude, this is awesome. Turbo session? Didn't didn't they release stuff from Turbo? Man, that must have been a good session for these guys to experiment. Oh, I know why. I know why. And I'll talk about it in in a few minutes. Well, are you ready to listen to Turbo? Yes, because this is just this is just an awesome song, dude. Yes. Bring me on some Turbo. Here we go. What a sound. They definitely um, turned a corner yeah. and decided to go with a little different. A lot of synthy sounds, the yeah. guitar synth effects. Um, it works. It, it, it definitely really works. works, man. With these guys. All right, this album was released 21st of March, 1986, recorded between June and February, June 85 to February 86. Okay. Um, uh, in Nassau, Bahamas, and LA. Wow. Um, 40 minutes, 58 seconds. Released wow. on the Columbia label. Same thing with Tom behind the producer. Yep. And also... Uh, Doug Johnson doing the cover for this one. Killer, dude. Damn. Do uh, you know any factoids about this um, album? Yeah, I got some factoids for you, baby. I got a few, too. Um, I'll give you country and peak. Australia, 56. Canada, 37. Dutch, 57. German, 28. Jap uh, Japanese, charge 22. Norway, 13. 
Sweden 10, Switzerland 26, UK 33, and the US number 17. All right. One times platinum. I'd like to think it's higher than that. I really, really would. Man, this is this was definitely them. Um, I understand where music was during this time, but man, this was definitely a risk for them. Yeah. Uh, and they pulled it off better than they get credit for. They really do. They don't get any credit for. They really. They didn't dramatically change their sound. Like we're going from this to that. It's not like they went from rock to disco and just couldn't cut it. They just went from metal. You know, mellowed it out a little bit, and then went to this little synth rock, you know, they're doing here, and it definitely fit right into their cut, right into their groove, kept their integrity, and definitely uh, took their music to the masses. You know, during this um, um, album cycle, I would say Judas Priest initially wanted to record a double album, which was intended under the title Twin Turbos. Oh, I love it. Twin right? Turbo. Twin Turbo. Which half of the record would have been commercial and the other half would have been more aggressive type heavy metal. Uh, it was scrapped and the material was split up in two or, or split up with more of a commercial songs that totally ended up on Turbo itself. I'm going to go ahead and go to the next song. That, go ahead, talking. dude. This is great, man. Keep on talking. I love it. Um, and also, he says, um, Judas Priest emphasized more on um, grounded subjects such as love and romance rather than their usual science fiction or fantasy themes for this album which is totally different because you don't think Judas Priest is going to sing you hear a that love right song. there yeah and you know I was kind of funny because with everything you're saying I went and looked and I was like who's their keyboard player there is no keyboard player. Guitar synthesizer. Yeah. Um, KK and Glenn both play guitar synthesizer. Right they were playing a guitar. Yeah. They were adding extra effects. Um, whatever, dude. It really sounds great with with you know the music they're playing. I love it. You know, at the time, um, Judas Priest, you know, when they changed this sound for the mid '80s, which then focuses more on light, synther-driven pop rather than their driving hard rock from the 70s and 80s they did change their sound on this one they took mm. they took a chance oh yeah i want to say if oh, you God. were a hardcore metal fan this isn't your favorite but if you're a priest fan you can accept it and understand oh yeah for what sure they did. for sure you know i mean they, they went uh to a time where they even changed their look chris from you know being more just biker you know, leather to more of a colorful. They had like a blue stripe in their leather yeah. and this kind of stuff. You know, it's, it, it's, they really did, you know, like you had just said, they changed their yeah. sound and dramatically so, but it wasn't so much that it distanced themselves from what they really were. Just really just added another little element to it. Really? Definitely. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great. Me personally. Let's go. All right. Oh, by the way, that was locked in. <laughs> Track two. Uh, this is private property. Yeah. This album has a lot of good songs on it. Okay. Really, really good songs. Uh, uh, Turbo Lover loved it. Locked in. We just heard love. Love it. it. Private property. Love it. And, I, and the next song I love too. But you listen yeah. to a little bit of private property. So on on this album, it, it did not go platinum, but it did go gold here in the U.S. Um, actually, it has gone platinum. Oh, it has? It has gone platinum. Oh, shit. Oh, great, man. Yeah. Wow. It's gone platinum here and in Canada. All right, awesome. So, platinum right, status. Good for them. Dude. Yeah, definitely good for them. Maybe they'll give us a record. Platinum record for letting everybody know that it went platinum. <laughs> that the... Turbo album by Judas Priest released on the Columbia label has gone platinum. Yeah. They can hang a record right here and have it in the background of every broadcast of the yeah, TikTok right. broadcast of a platinum record. Yeah. And during this time, um, Turbo Lover and Locked In were on heavy rotation on MTV, you know, furthering their album success. Nice. 
So just, this is nice. Sing along chorus is nice, yeah. dude. It's killer. They're still. Let's go. I really like this. This is one of those songs I'm like, is it, this was sending a message to somebody. Oh. Message. Song is track four, side one, parental guidance. Yeah. Allegedly written as a response to Tipper Gore's attack on the band. Yep. Nice. PMRC. We don't need no parental guidance nah, here. I don't need it. Nice. This, this is really a great song. We don't need no. This is one of those songs that, like, if you want to go see him a show and they played it, everybody <laughs> would lose their freaking minds, dude. <laughs> right? Because you've I've seen them three or four times. I've never played this song, but if they did, I would lose my mind. Okay. I would be screaming at the top of my lungs, like, "Damn straight, we don't need I, no." I I went and to I'm the- a, and I'm a. 46 year old man I'm like hell yeah dude it's great dude back in 86 87 I did go see this tour and I, I saw them I want to say they, they play this I want to say they played this parental dude, guidance that's a long time 86 that's a long time ago dude yeah did you go see them yeah 86 87 that was them and Dawkin wait was that on the uh, yep. heavy metal parking lot tour yes oh yes dude God. and we'll talk about that in a few minutes guys Hold up, dude. Hold on. Wait a minute. Here's some jams. Are you ready? Rock you all around the world. That sounds like us, baby. What we're doing to the nation. Rocking you all around the world. Thanks, priest. Totally fun. See, this song doesn't sound like they have synthesizers on it. Or no, they it are. It's very And I love light. it. Uh, one of the things they really did do was, you know, you hear the guitar going, din, 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 din. and then when Rob Halford's singing, he says, Jock you all around the world. It's like it goes with it. It's like that just sometimes not just a twin guitar, but guitar and vocals yes. twinning together. And it's just yes, twinning that. is winning. <laughs> Love it. Closing outside one. Look at that little falsetto. Right around the world. Love it. Yeah, this is really their last really commercially successful album that really hit the big time. It didn't go completely downhill. Um, they were still holding steady after this album. It wasn't like they felt defensive, but this is the last one they really hit that platinum status. Side two, track one, six total, out in the cold. God damn six oh, and a half man, minutes. Yeah. Six and a half minute song right here. But this one is laying a sound. Laying a vision. And they say there's no synthesizers, it's just a guitar synthesizer. Whether that's a keytar or just an effect. I don't know. Right? I, I want to think it's a keytar. Even though it says guitar synthesizer, I think okay. that's what they meant. See how it's like, it's, I don't want to say an intro, but it's the beginning of that song. Yeah. Definitely one of those long intros you would expect on a side one, maybe. Like an album intro kind of a thing. I would say this is a perfect one for... Um, then to pay live on the on on this tour, so you know somebody could take a break or somebody could take a breather or someone could change outfits.
Yeah. Little groove on it. Nice. Heck yeah, a lot of groove, man. Very like, I don't know why it's just Kennedy. Very, I'll say it, very lover boyish, or like, wow, I, almost like a my like Reno sounding kind of like, wow. But remember, this these songs are more about love and romance. But I know, but it almost that's what it reminded me of when, I mean, he, when he came in right there. This was is like, kind Mike of Mike Reno. <laughs> no love, but I would say you know. Out in the cold, like, hey, you threw my love out in the cold. Maybe I just got foot loose on the mind. Uh, good jam right here, dude. It's a good jam. His voice is on point. Good stuff. Always man. on point. Good stuff. Wild nights. Hot. And crazy days. Nice. I think this song is just great. All right. It's so fun. Yeah, right? Totally cool. Any any fast I see, I see a beach montage going on. Whoa. <laughs> any factoids about this song? I don't know, but I, you asking me and me saying no means you do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. There's a backup singer on this. Oh, yeah. I got it here. Jeff Martin. From Mr. Big. Right, that's cra that's crazy. You this know, is the first time I, you know, ever I really having you know, a backup singer. I saw it and I clicked on it to see who it was, and it didn't say anything about Mr. Big. And I go, God, is, I thought that was a singer from Mr. Big. So I had to look a little further, I'd like Google, do a little stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I was a writer after all, but yeah. But you didn't write it down or have it saved, so oh, you're right wrong. Here. I got I don't you write again. anything down. I got you again. All right. <laughs> Hot and crazy days. Hey, man. Love hot, it. Hot, love it. Let's wow, go. Nice. Let's go. Days. Hot for love. Track eight. Killer. See, same thing. You now using synthesizer again for a different sound, different yeah. effect. Uh, still working for me, dude. Oh, yeah. Still working for me. Very aggressive. Yeah. It's not pop synth. It's not laid back. It's very aggressive, which I'm down with. Yeah. Plus, you got it overlaid uh, with the uh, guitars. Love it. You know, this had the same five guys. You know, of course, like like Greg had said, Jeff Martin back sang on uh, 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 Wild Nights and Hot Crazy Days. Um, same producer, um, Tom Allen. Love it, dude. Yeah. He, they, this, they really had their core. I mean, it was the same five guys for like six albums in a row, really. Um, and you can't go wrong you know, when, when, it, when things are like that. If no one wants to leave, things are going right because you always hear, you know, the disputes between the band, production, this and that. So everybody was on the same page for a long time. Yeah, it definitely was their most successful era. And they sold millions and millions and millions of records and have been touring on the success of these basically albums. These five, a couple more, you know, you got a couple albums after this and a couple tracks from the 70s that they tour on as well. But this really, these five that we did in this episode and the one previous to this are the ones that they're known for their legacy is based yeah, on. Yeah, dude. And... You know, it's great when you can get a, a group of people to want to do things that on the same page that long, that good. Right? It's great. Hot for love. Let's go. One more. All right. Give it to me. Reckless. Killer. Last song. Track nine, fourth on side B. That's a nice little crunch. Do you know anything about this song? 
I like it. Okay. I'm going to tell you that. I love it when you say that. Hey, do you know anything? Well, because if you don't have it in your, you know, things you want to say, I can tell. I don't have it in my Big Talk notebook. Right. Which has become a thing of lore. <laughs> Anybody that's ever spent any time listening to our podcast know that Greg has, what volume is that? 12? Are you up to 12 now? Some of these volumes are, 19, are, are, like, talking about? are like four or five pages because they all get stuck together because right. he just loves the way he writes. He loves them so, I do. so much. I love it. Uh, plus, there's a couple uh, uh, Shawn Michaels centerfolds in there. But man. Shawn Michaels. Uh, All right, so, so, Greg, you a sexy boy. Tell us what's up. So, so if you don't know, um, Judas Priest was asked if they could use this song, Reckless, on Tom Cruise's movie, Top Gun. They turned it down because they didn't think that movie was going to do anything. They thought... what For what scene do we know? No, it, it, it just said for the soundtrack. Because actually this song, there's a couple of scenes where I could see this could go. Yeah, but they just they decided to decline and huh. not not let a probably Columbia. And we did our we did our episodes. I think it was episode the, three, four, five on the soundtrack. Big talk yeah. with Chris and Greg. Um, episode three, four, five, where we do soundtracks. And this would have fit right in on that yeah. movie. I can't believe they thought it would be a flop, and then. You know, hey, Top did you Gun. see the new Top Gun? I have not. It was really, really good. Was it Old Man Top Gun, or was it like supposed to be right it after was, Top no, Gun? No, it, it takes place in modern day. Okay. Um, but it's they did a really good job. Really good. Uh, went with the wife, the kids. Even the kids loved it. Mother-in-law, sister-in-law, we all loved it. I'm always the only guy. That's just the way <laughs> it is. I live in a women's world, don't we all? We yes. all live in a woman's world, and you know, just yes. don't try not to piss them off. <laughs> cool, man. All right, but before we end this, um, one of me and uh, Chris's favorite movie slash documentary is, is Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Oh yeah, which did play, which did take place in eighty six, eighty seven, when they were on this tour. So the Turbo Tour, you know, in a in a moment in time, somebody recorded. Uh, you know, people in the parking lot hanging out and just having a good time and, you know, talking and having their responses is iconic and, you know, will forever live in me, me and Chris's, you know, life and just different stuff that we've done over the years. Um, but I do remember that tour. Um, I love to see the little documentary, the you know, 15, 16 minute documentary. And, um, you know, it's just fun, the kids to see back in the day from 12-year-olds, oh, yeah. 13-year-olds to 22, 25, 28-year-olds a, a lot of our quotes we do, yeah. a lot of the things we say, a lot of our sayings we stole directly from that documentary that, yeah. movie. Thank God this goddamn thing existed. It was, yeah. It's amazing. And, you know, it, it, we're recording now. I think when we get done with this, we might even just go flip it on right now and go take a little, <laughs> little watchy-watch. <laughs> and, uh, man, we, 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 we really, you know, love that documentary. It's, it definitely, definitely encapsulates a, a period of time. And we love it. We yeah. love it. You know, and, and here we go, a little bonus track here, I believe. Um, you know, on our outro, you know, you know, thank you, Nation, for listening to us. That pretty much concludes up our five albums that we want to do on Judas Priest you know we, yeah. we may visit some earlier ones from the 70s and then you know go later and hit some of the other ones but you know ram it down painkiller stuff like that but I think you know we really would just wanted to hit those core five albums that Correct. really may establish them as, as the beast is, that is in the, the 80s pr- yeah the beast it is the priest from from 1980 to 1986 yeah, you know the first the five albums are just and, great and awesome and you know now, don't just acknowledge them. Do what I did because I, I really was like, oh, I know these albums. But when I went back and I listened to them, I was like, oh my, dude. I had to, I rediscovered more than half of these songs. I was like, me I too. Forgot. I, I, I oh want to admit, I want to admit forgot. that too. Oh, I did like, too, dude. Like some of the songs, I was like, I didn't even remember exist, and I was like, oh my god, this is an awesome song. Yeah. And you see them through new eyes. You don't see them through your teenager or kid eyes. You see them through them as an adult, and you respect them. And they're just. <laughs> Some of these songs are just so, 
so good and so enjoyable and you listen to them and just like I have right now dude a huge smile on your face when you're listening to them and I just can't say enough things about the yeah. priest from this era you know why Chris because priest is number one hey, man, man. Hey, man. Boy. you know who's number two I made it man <laughs> <laughs> Rob Halford I'd jump his bones <laughs> I know you would <laughs> I'd jump his bones he might let you you're right you might let me all right, guys, so for Big Talk with Chris and Greg podcast, see ya.